Hello and welcome to Live Green or Cry. I'm, I'm a freshman environmental conservation and sustainability major. I'm Bella, I'm a freshman and I'm in mechanical engineering. Uh, I'm Ellie, I'm a freshman and a genetics major. I'm Ella, I'm a freshman and I'm an English major. All right, so on this episode of Live Green or Cry, we'll be discussing the sustainability practices of companies. So to start off with a question I have, I have a question for you guys. That's what I'm trying to say. So um, have you guys ever heard of the term greenwashing? No. It's... <laughs> no. I'm, not. I'm like trying to think of what it could be. I feel like Can I guess what it is? Yeah, go ahead. My guess is that it has something, it's a marketing term maybe, mm-hmm. and it has something to do with companies like trying to um, capitalize on like the trend of becoming green by like making their companies or like their products seem green. Mm-hmm. That's my guess. My guess is that greenwashing is companies making things seem more green than they actually are. But in reality... My guess is when a company reevaluates how they make their products and they're like greenwashing it as in like completely trying to revamp it. Well, so... Uh, so everybody kind of got a part of it. A part of it. So what it really is, is it is a marketing practice by companies. And it is to make their product seem more green than it actually is. Unfortunately, it does not actually involve them making any changes to make it better most of the time. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, no. Um, So examples of this could be they, like, they, hmm, I'm trying to think of a good example that everybody here might know. It's when they um, put trees on their packaging to make it look green. Nope. Um. Yeah, no, that actually is a form of it. There's several different forms of it. It can also be that they dedicate a portion of money to some, like, research to see what is affecting the environment. Like, when really they know that the biggest impact is their own product. Um, a good example of this is a while back Shell on its website ha- and its sustainability page had a large like picture of the coral reef and an entire section about why biodiversity is important to Shell. When this is trying to cover up how their drilling into the ocean damages the coral reefs around their drilling plants. So that's an example of it. They're like, oh, we care about the environment as long as we get to use it for our own needs. So uh, uh, to discuss greenwashing a little bit more, we looked up three comp- we looked into three companies to see if they really were making changes or whether most of their talk is just greenwashing to make them seem better. So for the first one, we looked into Amazon. So now, obviously, when we're thinking Amazon, we're thinking of the online store that you click on something and it's ordered to your door. And there are obviously transportation issues with that, like, you know, and having packaging. a package, yeah, packaging wrapped in plastic. So a lot of people are a little wary of the impact that might have. However, um, this isn't always the case because while like 
it is transporting it from a long distance. It is generally when things are mailed, they're mailed in mass, right? So instead of everybody in your neighborhood going out individually in cars and driving to the store to pick something up, one mail truck is going around your entire neighborhood delivering everything to you. It actually has a lot better, it has like a lower impact than, every, than a bunch of individual cars driving. But there has been a new issue with that. So I don't know how many of you guys have an Amazon Prime account, but if you have it, you know that there's this one day shipping feature. That is really bad for the environment because if something is shipped one day, it's like it pretty much gets like this stamp on it that says it needs to be delivered immediately. And so a lot of shipping companies like UPS have trouble organizing all these packages to make it to their houses on time. So a lot of times a trip that could be made to like, so your neighbor and you both order a one day package, but it arrives at the, at the um, sorting area at different times. So they're set at, they're sent in different trucks when really that could have both been made into one truck if they had just had more time. So what um so it so the one day shipping has made a new challenge in terms of sustainability for Amazon. And then however, to combat this, Amazon has made a pledge to reach the requirements of the Paris climate deal by 2040, a decade before it's the actual requirements are supposed to be met by those who agree to it. So, which means that it plans to have a net zero carbon emission for all of their shipments by 2040. So, on top of that, they plan to run 80% on renewable energy by 2024 and be 100% on sustainable energy by 2030. So, that's what I got for information for you guys. So, after learning about it, what do you guys feel... How do you guys feel about the one-day shipping? Do you think Amazon should continue to offer it, or do you feel that they should just discontinue it since it's causing so many issues for them? I mean, I had no idea that, like, I didn't even think that the idea of how many days you're shipping it would have an impact, but that makes so much sense that yeah. it would. So, like, I think, I don't know, like, I think personally, Amazon's a very corrupt company, and I know that there's a lot of different issues within their company. Mm -hmm. So me personally, I don't necessarily believe that all of these promises they're making are actually going to be fulfilled. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I definitely agree. And I feel like, unfortunately, stopping one-day shipping isn't going to stop everything with that, but it might be a positive step, thinking about how, like, if they're having more trucks than necessary, it's just releasing even more emissions and then like it's just more greenhouse gases and it goes back to the whole climate change thing and maybe that would be a step in the right direction to reduce those and kind of benefit our environment in that way um but i feel like our first step would just be kind of like what you're doing right now um alex by just kind of informing everybody about it and making so people actually realize what is actually happening when they hit yes i want that one day shipping mm -hmm. um I, I don't know i feel like one day shipping it's like an interesting way to start like that kind of conversation and start change and cause, like Ella said I never thought about one day shipping as like an environmental issue 
Um, and it's interesting to think about how Amazon is such a big exporter of goods across the country and globally that um, how other companies, if they start taking notice and taking getting rid of because obviously Amazon isn't the only place that has one day shipping. Yeah. People just pay larger amounts of money to get that. Yeah. And so um, it's interesting to see if they were to stop one day shipping or discontinue it, how different companies might take notice. Yeah, I think that while it, it obviously has some environmental impact, I think we can't ignore that sometimes there are stuff that needs to, there is stuff that you need on that day. If you have a like school book that you're ordering over Amazon, we're all college students, we have textbooks, so you know, if we need our textbook for class next week, we need to make sure that it arrives on time. I don't so, use any of the textbooks I order. <laughs> I've used all well, my textbooks. I think that's, that's a different issue entirely. <laughs> yeah. But I think that, I don't know, I think that when we make, I think it needs to be more well known that there is an environmental impact and there's a lot of, issues that go on behind the scenes to get your package delivered to you the same day. Yeah. And so maybe instead of completely removing it, I think Amazon should definitely should maybe increase the price of one day shipping yeah. to make sure that you act like I know there's a lot like we don't, is, we don't we don't ever like more expensive than other options. Yeah, it is more expensive, but I think even like or maybe state maybe making it more well known that that one day mm -hmm. option or is... even like the fact like just to it, what they say they're going to do about reducing their carbon emissions mm -hmm. that having the cost reflect the amount like the, the carbon emissions that are being produced and yeah put into the atmosphere by one day shipping having the cost reflect that so they can do oh, like in the, the yeah yeah the, in the pay in how much it costs so they can use that money to like counteract it. Yeah. So like what kind of confuses me about this whole situation and what they're promising is at this rate, they're really well known for that one day shipping and people love that. People love Amazon Prime and the what they give um, consumers. Mm -hmm. But like what are they gonna do to change to get to the point to reach the goals that they have promised everybody? How are they gonna change everything to then reach that like zero net what is it? <laughs> Zero net carbon emissions. Yes, yeah, like how? I, I'm wondering, it just... Well, I wonder, it says net, so I believe that maybe they're coming up with ways of, like, also producing maybe carbon sinks. Yeah. So that they're removing carbon. So they're still adding it, but they're making sure that what they're added is all equal to the amount that they're mm -hmm. getting rid of from in the environment. Yeah, and we know that Amazon and other big companies are really not subjected to too much regulation by the government. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, like, I think on in the environmental aspect that there are definitely pros and cons to that because, like, we know that the United States is trying to pull out of the Paris Agreement and, like, um, our current administration doesn't necessarily believe that the... Um, work and all of the goals that were created on that day at that um, meeting should be followed by our country. And so the fact that the government isn't going to force Amazon and other big companies to make environmental changes, it really comes up to the companies to make those decisions. Yeah. And so I think a lot of companies are going to be like, well, great, I don't have to do anything about it. But if the company is saying that they are going to make these changes, there's no one pressuring them to do it, so it really falls onto them to do it. Mm -hmm. 
I have a question though. Isn't there something in the government where it's like a cap and trade with emissions of carbon? Does Amazon participate in that? I that did not come up in my research. That would be very good to look into. However, well, just because I know that like there's a certain amount of emissions that companies can give off, and oh. they buy off certain like say a company wants to have more emissions, they'll buy it from another company so I, they yeah. so they can give off more while the other company now decreases how much they can give off. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I just didn't know if like say Amazon doesn't like there's a certain amount of Amazon Prime like delivery vehicles, mm-hmm. I guess. Like sometimes it goes to UPS and sometimes it goes through um, FedEx. FedEx or other types of services. Like <coughs> does that get does their emissions get Um, hidden in, say, UPS or FedEx? I mean, my assumption would be just because, like what I said before, Amazon really doesn't, like, it's not as regulated as I think it should be based on its size and, Mm -hmm. like, how prevalent it's become in our society. So, like, my assumption would be that there are definitely loopholes and, like, that companies like them can fall into. Also, it's interesting because doesn't Amazon also own Whole Foods Mm -hmm. and And Barnes and Noble, I think, and other. Yeah. So it's interesting to see how, like, their obviously transportation and those even just transporting food and mm-hmm. books and mm-hmm. you know how that plays a role in it. Yeah. yeah. So, no. Not necessarily one day shipping for everything. Kind of going off of what you said, what do you guys think it says that like a company like Amazon has like not only pledged to meet the Paris deal? Obviously, there are some criticism to say, are they actually going to do this? But what do you think it says that they're willing to do this and do it 10 years before it's actually required for them to do it? Like, without being regulated to do it because the U.S. has pulled out of this deal. What do you think it says that Amazon's willing to do this but the U.S. government isn't? I think they're trying to attract customers. Yeah, all it is is a marketing tactic. Who knows if they're actually going to do it? Like, if like, they do it, kudos to them. That's great that they're using their influence to do it. Uh-huh. But I mm-hmm. I don't want to comment on that until they actually do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But exactly. also, it's like, how will we even know if they do it? Exactly. They're, they're like, the they can say are, they're doing it. Yeah, they're I don't, the people I would that know. are, like, releasing their own information. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I don't personally know if they're doing that from yeah. what, they're, what they're saying. We would need, like, an independent third party to research it. Because, again, like, we've talked about this in class a lot if the companies are producing their own research and their own claims and their, like, even news, and they're saying, like, oh, this is what we're doing, this is our research, this yeah. is this, I don't think we can necessarily trust that. We can't. So no I think, bias. yeah, exactly. There's so much bias there. And so, like, I don't know. It's just something we have to wait and see, I think, and yeah. pressuring them maybe to follow through on it through the ways then which we use the site. Yeah, Definitely. it's very important that we as consumers look at the companies we're buying from. Mm -hmm. And uh, kind of continuing on that question, how do you think it reflects on the U.S. government that they're not even willing to come to the table where we don't know if Amazon's going to really follow through on their promise, but what do you think it says about the U.S. government that they're not even coming to the table to look at this? Mm -hmm. I think it's going to be a little bit hard to discuss this just because I feel as though the four of us have really similar and strong opinions on this. And so I don't really necessarily want to speak (coughs) for the current administration and the people who may support it. Um, But just personally, I think that the ways in which this administration is representing our country does not necessarily reflect the values of most of the people. Mm -hmm. And I think a majority, I would say a majority in my personal opinion, are... um, not going to agree with that action. 
I feel like even personally, I don't know enough about what the Paris Climate Agreement even was saying. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I was reading that we pulled out of it because it was a lot of promises that countries were making that nobody would be held accountable for anyways. Mm-hmm. And so that's why we pulled out, which I don't even know if that's fact. Right, well, like that's the kind of the power of when we have yeah. these international, um, like, meetings and assemblies. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of just like the same thing as the United Nations. Like, no exactly. one really has the power to enforce these things. And so when we get these um, meetings together and when these companies are, not companies, these countries are making these promises, no one's holding them accountable to it. Mm -hmm. So they can say everything that they're going to do, but it comes to the country to actually do it. Yeah, who's enforcing the enforcers and how can we even, like, get past that problem? Yeah, and that's a big, that's a big criticism of the UN, is that the UN has, the UN makes these decisions and these, like, after all of this intensive debate and research, they, they, they reach these conclusions, but then there's no one to enforce them yeah. so awesome thank you guys uh, so for the next two companies we looked at uh, we researched Poland Spring and Hydro Flask we thought it would be interesting that two very <laughs> very <laughs> very different different companies that are competitors just to see exactly what they're doing so now uh, we start with Poland Springs. So Poland Springs is owned by the larger company, Nestle Water. And so um, their bottles, plastic bottles, we know that there are, oh, there's a big issue with that. Their bottles are either made out of number one plastic, that's those little portable water bottles, those are what they're really known for, or you can get their gallon-sized bottles, which are actually made out of number seven plastic and so these plastics are non-biodegradable obviously and can only be removed from the environment if they are incinerated and then that has its own issues of releasing all those chemicals that are used in plastic so Poland Springs has made a commitment much like Amazon to have to not change what its bottles are made out of but change the the plastic to being 100% recycled plastic. So your bottle that you use today may be a bottle that is used tomorrow, kind of ideal. So um, Poland Springs also partakes in a lot of environmental education programs. So they, uh, they donate to the Gulf Research Institution, which does a lot of outreach to kids so they have on their sustainability page on their Poland Springs website they have a video of kids going to this research institution and going in and they're taking and they're learning these things and then at the end of the day they go to their cubbies back at school and there's this little tiny Poland Spring water bottle waiting for them so uh, and obviously that there's uh, some interesting things that go into that. And so Pol- another issue with Poland Springs is where it sources its water from. It claims that 100% of its water comes from natural springs. This has several times in court actually been proven true. The issue with that is, though, that while they are coming from natural spring waters, 64 of those springs are also where your tap water comes from. <laughs> 
So, uh, uh, now, a lot of the issues with that are because there's not a lot of regulation as to say what is spring water. A spring water is water that comes from the ground, pretty much, which is a lot of water sources. So, um, now for the other one, we have Hydroflask. Now, Hydroflask is a relatively young company that was only founded in 2009, making it 10 years old at this point. So, all Hydroflasks are made from stainless steel. Uh, stainless steel itself is actually better for the environment because it's all, it's mostly made out of recycled materials already. So, it requires a lot less new minerals to be mined. It requires, uh, it is relatively energy intensive to make though. It requires almost 63 megajoules to produce all the steel for, to that's produce, <laughs> but that's to produce 1 billion tons of stainless steel. So it's, it's quite energy intensive. Okay. And another issue is that they're all, <laughs> I'm sure. For the English <laughs> yeah. Um, they're also all made in China. I'm sure if you look at the bottom of yours, it's made in China. Let's check it out, folks. Made in China. Yep. Their only <laughs> factories are in China. So there is, and you can only, so there's, you can only source them from there. So there's obviously a lot of transportation issues where they're where they have to transport overseas that costs more energy and stuff. Um, Hydroflask has also has a program that's intended to help the environment. It gives its money. It donates. It has a fund that it donates money to non for profits that are dedicated to maintaining wilderness areas. It has donated $800,000 over the 10 years that it's been in, in existence to 63 different nonprofits to maintaining our wilderness areas. So, all right, to the discussion part. So, Poland Spring has been making a lot of changes, such as its bottles made from recycled plastic. You can see them, actually. They're already starting to be on the market with their origin water bottles that you can buy. So... Should we consider some of its efforts just greenwashing, or do you think it's actually going to make better changes? Greenwashing. 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 <laughs> Honestly, like, it's really hard to come to terms with the fact that a source of so much pollution is trying to, like, counteract that by being like, oh, well, we're going to recycle our bottles. Like, I just don't, I don't yeah. see that happening. I don't see any, I mean, like, maybe there is evidence out there of, like, how they're doing it, but honestly, it could be the same bottle with a different packaging on it, and, like, mm -hmm. I, I wouldn't know. Even, I wouldn't know looking at it if it was a recycled bottle or a regular, yeah. their regular bottle. Even then, I just find it funny. I find it hilarious because they're the ones creating the problem, and they're like, yeah. let's try to fix it. I'm like, why don't you just stop producing plastic? That's, like, literally, because no matter what, even if it's recycled, it's still going to hurt us because of the leaching of the chemicals into the water. And we're yeah. drinking who knows how many, like, chemicals because we've talked about how the FDA doesn't really regulate it. Mm -hmm. um, and so we have no clue mm -hmm. what we're putting into our bodies. Just just none. Drink tap water, folks. Please drink tap water. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. yeah. I, I stopped using water bottles a long time ago. Or, <clears throat> I mean, like, I feel like everyone knows a feeling where, like, 
there's been a water bottle in the car, and you, like, drink out of it. And it has, like, a weird taste to it because of all the chemicals are in it now. And so it's, like, I, I, like coming off of, like, just the water bottle itself, like, where they're sourcing the water is such an issue. And I know that, um, I think it's in Georgia, there's, like, the Chattahoochee River where, like, Dasani is taking a lot of water from the river so much that it's not... And it's not leaving enough for the people that live there. And so it's such a debate right now. Yeah. Like, just yeah. who the water belongs to, especially when it passes state lines. And mm-hmm. then people are trying to use it and, like, privatize it and kind of capitalize water, which mm-hmm. is, like, something we all need. I don't know. Yeah, no. And um, I, I didn't really tell this to you guys, but you guys are kind of onto something because... In order to use recycled plastic, obviously leaching would be a problem if you're just reusing the same plastic because it's already aged. So every single time you recycle plastic, you need more plastic, actually, new plastic to insulate the old kind. So it's basically nothing. So nothing. That, that means nothing. For every recycled plastic water bottle, you do get more plastic on top of it oh that's my gosh. new. So then recycling, too... You need to, no matter what, if you're recycling Well, plastic. if you're recycling bottles and it isn't being used, <laughs> then it's one thing. But if you're remaking it into a plastic product, like a plastic water bottle that needs to meet certain regulations, those regulations are lenient, but it does need to, like, at least not kill you instantly. So uh, they, have, they do have to coat it in a new form of plastic. And there has been... Um, so this is now switching over to hydroflask a little bit more. But while I, while researching hydroflask, we didn't really find much info on it because I think a lot of people are very swept up in the well, it's a non reusable water bottle, so it must be better for the environment. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was only one source we could find that mentioned how energy intensive the production was. Everybody else is so swept up and. What do you guys think about the fact that there isn't really much research done into the environmental impacts of hydroflask? I think it makes sense because it's so new, whereas, like, we for class had a bunch of TED Talks about, like, a plastic bag versus a paper bag, and where people think that, like, paper is so much better, but when you look back into how it's produced and the materials that are required and, you know, they're cutting down trees, like... Is it really better in the long run? Yeah, mm-hmm. and we talked about this in class the other day, like, especially the difference. I feel like the United States, I could be making a big assumption here, but, like, the United States is probably the primary consumers of hydroflasks. Um, and so the United States does not necessarily have very rigorous, um, like, expectations for something before they put it on the market. And yeah. a lot of the research that'll come about, like, environmental effects or health effects comes after there's a problem whereas like in the EU we discussed that research comes first and then something's allowed to go into the market and so I mean that kind of has to do more with health issues than environmental issues but I feel as though that they're very interlinked. Yeah I think it's really interesting that I don't know if any of you knew that their their factories are only in China. Mm -hmm. No I have no clue. I had no clue. So when I saw that when we were researching, I was very shocked. And obviously, they're still better than plastic bottles, as far as we know. Because... (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, no. Everybody drinking from their hydro flask. But, you know, I think that it says something very important about we can't just take everything at face value. We can't just assume that, well... This is better, so therefore it's good. Mm-hmm. So 
obviously, maybe, and Hydroflask is a young company, so we can't exactly expect it to have a hundred different uh, factories everywhere in the world that it's being produced, but maybe it's something that we should push for as consumers to get them to have company, to have factories across, across the globe more so that they don't have to use as much energy to transport them. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. I just feel like it all goes back to education. It really does. Because, like, thinking about water bottles, um, I personally use plastic water bottles until, um, I feel like until freshman year of high school because I just didn't know. My family used them all the time. It was normal to me. I didn't really, I didn't know the problem of it. I was like, we recycle. It's okay. I didn't expect, I didn't really realize how much doesn't get recycled. Mm-hmm. And I, it just, it, it literally all is education. So to me, I'm wondering, like, especially with Poland Springs doing this whole thing, yeah, we're recycling our water bottles now. If someone's not educated and they see that, of course they're going to buy it thinking it's cool, like, and that they're doing, that it's good for the environment and stuff, even though it's plastic. Um, so mm-hmm. it's a similar thing with Hydroflask. Yeah. Like, it's just education um, and being aware of, like, yeah, they come from China and everything and, like, what that does um, to the environment and all that. Mm-hmm. I think, though, also, like, for Poland Spring to, like, actually have a change or to have a change with, like, plastics, I think it could be, like, a bottom-up effect where, you know, if enough people stop using them, then maybe they wouldn't produce as much or maybe they wouldn't be sourcing it as much. Whereas if people were... Because if you're really just buying your bottled tap water from your sink, then it's, like, why even bother, like, doing it? Mm -hmm. So if people become more educated on what they're actually buying when they do that and what's the effects are, then maybe, you know, there could be a change where... And if enough people stop doing it, yeah, absolutely. they would take notice. I also think, you, oh, sorry, sorry. Go ahead. Um, I just think, like, from what we know right now, from, like, the research that's available to us, we can make the educated guess that hydroflasks are better for the environment than using plastic water bottles mm-hmm. are. And I think, based on the information that we have and the research that we have available to us right now, it's not necessarily, like, I think, obviously, we should stay informed and stay aware that there could be some consequences of using hydroflasks. Mm-hmm. However, I don't think it's necessarily like the wrong decision to continue to use hydroflasks. Yeah. And as a, in a, as opposed to plastic water bottles. And in, in, in comparison of right. 100%, definitely. You know what's interesting though is like we keep talking about like hydroflasks specifically, but there's obviously like reusable plastic water bottles yeah. where there's like I know Contigo is like a company mm-hmm. that I've like, I have had a Contigo one. Yeah, and mm-hmm. so it's like I don't know, comparing, like, which one is actually better. Yeah, mm-hmm. no. There's also glass water bottles. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. I love glass water bottles. Mm-hmm. So why do you guys think if there's so many not reusable water bottle companies, like Hydroflask, <laughs> Contigo, I use Nalgene's personally, like, there's so many reusable water bottle companies, and I think we all own reusable water bottles, so it's kind of fun having because you get to decorate them with all those stickers now. <laughs> Why do you think we're still so reliant on one-time use water bottles? So I personally think this has to do with accessibility and fear. Um, I think a lot of people, if they're out and about and they might not like necessarily have to put their reusable water bottle in their bag and they're thirsty, so they're gonna go buy a plastic water bottle. It's like it's like mm-hmm. it's an easy thing. It's a, they're like, oh, it's a one-time thing. Like I usually use my hydroflask, so it's yeah. fine. But then also, I think a lot of people are honestly afraid of drinking tap water. Yeah. Because there's a lot of um, like misconceptions about what's in tap water and how safe it is. And a lot of people, even though we we the four of us know that tap water is 
pretty safe just based on what we've learned in class about how regulated it mm -hmm. is. A lot of people don't know that. And yeah. I think a lot of people believe that, oh, well, because the water in these bottles is coming from this pure and natural place in these springs, that seems to them like a safer <laughs> water to feed their, to drink. When all those natural places are also where your tap water exactly. is coming yeah. from. But the fact is, people don't know that. Mm -hmm. It's not common knowledge. Yeah, I think that people choose water bottle, like plastic, single use over like a reusable because they think it's more convenient. Yeah. Where like in the long, I just think people don't like change. Mm -hmm. And they don't like self-reflecting and, yeah. you know, it, breaking a habit. Yeah. So I think that people just do what they know. Yeah, and I feel like it just goes back to the whole, like, how we live and how we want things now and we want it to be disposable because mm -hmm. um, that's just our kind of lifestyle at the moment. And it's just how we need, again, we just need that change. Yeah, it's like, it's about a lot about what the choices we make, like we talk about in another episode of our, min of our minimal waste living. It's, it relies largely on choices we're willing to make. Mm -hmm. So, um... Should we as consumers be more responsible for making decisions while we purchase, or should we, or should more regulation be put on these companies? Like, whose job should it be? Should it be our job to know whether we're being we're making good choices, or should it be the company's job to make sure that there's only good choices to make? I think morally, um, like, we should be able to trust our government to regulate companies to keep us safe. And honestly, I don't think that this isn't a political statement or anything. It doesn't matter on who's in power, what administration is in power. I don't think the government does enough to regulate companies. Mm -hmm. And so I think it should rely on forces greater than us to regulate companies to make sure they're making the right decisions for the environment mm -hmm. and for our health, but that's not going to happen. And so in order to get that to happen, maybe we could talk a little bit more about environmental activism. We're going to talk about that in another episode. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But just the power of banding together as a group and how um, activists have the ability to create change on greater levels. So, so but then on an individual level, we have the responsibility to educate ourselves on what we're putting into our body. Mm -hmm. Nice. Yeah. I mean, overall, it should be the company. Mm -hmm. It really should be. Um, but we just know we can't trust that. And so sadly, again, it, it just falls on us. Yeah. Um, until we make that change, until we're able to get to the point where companies are more regulated. But some set up. I agree. Yeah, no. Um, now, uh, for kind of final statements here. Now, uh, obviously there's some skepticism with all the environmental movements. We don't know exactly how much is being, how much, how much, they're going to follow up on their promises. But assume, making a big assumption to say they are going to follow all their, that Amazon is going to follow the requirements of the, of the Paris climate deal. Uh, Poland Springs is going to be 100% recycled plastic. Is it going to be enough? No, I don't think so. I, I, don't, think it's, I don't think it'll ever be enough. Mm -hmm. But, like, again... I think the fact that companies are starting to take place in this greenwashing like market mm -hmm. practice, I think that's really promising of the ways in which people care because they're trying to appeal to people who they know care about the environment. 
And so I think that is a testament to people's awareness and how, and people's like sense of morality about this entire issue. Mm-hmm. I think it's definitely showing that people are starting to be, to realize our problem yeah. more and what we're facing. Um, it's just kind of, it's kind of a bummer that they're taking advantage of us. Mm-hmm. And I think once people realize that that's what's happening, then companies are going to have to be even more um, real about it yeah. and start actually making that change. Mm-hmm. So I think it starts with the greenwashing, and then it goes to us, and then it goes back to what are the companies going to do then to make, a, make sure that they're actually fulfilling mm-hmm. um, their promises. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that, that, yeah, even though greenwashing is kind of in overall kind of not the greatest thing, yeah. like it's a good thing, but it, it's um, that in the end it's going to lead to something better. It does, it does show a positive trend in the way yeah. we think. Yes. It doesn't show a positive trend for companies. I think yeah. that's a big issue is that. Think, yeah, it reflects more on us and as a society. Yeah. As Greenwashing needs, I think, because there's not a lot of regulation in how companies advertise their environmental image. So I think maybe that's another thing that needs to change is that not only can, should companies be like making those changes but they should be advertising what if they even if they don't make the change they should be advertising as they're not making the change yeah not saying they are definitely yeah yeah all right again good conversation folks yeah <laughs> okay so um <laughs> thanks for watching live green or fry uh or listening <laughs> yeah listening or watching if you are listening go check out our youtube channel Channel. <laughs> go check out our youtube channel live greener fry live greener fry um check out our instagram live greener fry uh and if you're watching our youtube channel go check out our podcast on apple podcast and spotify thank you so much for listening or watching